The first guy to ever be the guyest of guys is, of course, Guy Fawkes. The modern term of guy, to mean fellow of a person, comes from Guy Fawkes and that failed conspiracy to blow up the British king and parliament back in 1605. In the years since its execution, it has become tradition to burn guy-shaped figures on the night of the gunpowder plot, so that we will always remember the 5th of November. Welcome to the two-thirds focused. Today, I think we mostly are focused. At least two-thirds of us are at least two-thirds focused, so yep. we are a fraction of what we should be being focused like. I think I'm already lost it. Never mind. I'm Rasmus. <laughs> and I'm Red. And I feel sick. I have the deadly man flu. And I'm Jan. <laughs> so Jan, are you dying? Has the man flu really gotten to you? Yes, I am. I, I, I actually really feel like shit. I, I'm, I'm already getting better and it's really just a deadly man flu. So it's um, just a normal cold, common cold that I caught. Um, been fighting it for... Oh, better part of last week but i am getting better that's good yes you know what's really good against the cold apples apples you mean yeah. as in cider no no just just <laughs> eat apples it, it's not it's all good. apples comes in liquid form Jan. <laughs> it depends on if i have to if i can choose or not <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm fine eat apples Exactly. Um, other than that, it's just, it's just been a really um, uneventful week. I'm uh, did work as always. Still been staying at home because we have like a fifty-fifty with like being in the office and being at home. And um, I would have gone to work this week, but they don't want anyone with a cold or cold symptoms in the office, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been staying at home, um, working as usual, and also preparing for the uh, next exhibition that's already happening and Ooh. still happening next week over in uh, Nuremberg. Even though you have the numbers going through the roof and all the new regulations? The numbers are going through the roof, especially in that area where the trade show is going to be. And I think everybody was expecting for the trade show to cancel because uh -huh. it's a bigger one. We're talking about um, 700 companies exhibiting wow. and um, thousands wow. of visitors internationally. So uh, there's been many of the big companies like Siemens, Phoenix Contacts and a bunch of other ones. Um, already pulled out they canceled last minute mm -hmm. but a lot of them of the companies are setting up the booth but probably won't show up because okay. if they don't set up the booth there's gonna be like how do you call that um, penalty pe pe penalties yeah from the oh. from the exhibition so they have to pay for it and um so a lot of them just gonna put up their booth and just nobody's gonna show up that's how they wow. get around the penalty so um not us. We're going. <laughs> I'm not really excited about it. I know that yeah. I'm just going to wear my mask the whole time. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that whole exhibition is going to be like a ghost town. Yeah. But So you're not going for the full Darth Vader costume yet? Oh, like the, the biohazard stuff? Yeah. I, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be some kind of marketing stunt to be standing there in the full... Darth Vader regalia and just saying, I can answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or just wearing like that, um, 
uh, what's it called? Like the biohazard, like the hazmat suit. Yeah, yeah, the hazmat. Yeah. Completely, the, the nice yellow one with the window in front. <laughs> yeah, the full CBRN re- regalia. That, that's also something. <laughs> yes, and what you need then is basically a plastic. Um, how do you call it? Like a plastic bucket with dry ice in it. So you have some smoke like coming out of the side with a big biohazard sign. Just leisurely walk through the aisle. <clears throat> but then you need to top it off with some green lighting inside of the smoke to really make it look ominous. Yes. That, so that, that, that would be my favorite for that show. Definitely. Um, yeah. Coming back to my week, other than that, they're, bu- they're actually building up also the Christmas market. Like oh. right in front of my doorsteps so that apparently is happening yeah. which i'm still not sure about it's supposed to start at the end of next week and uh even the people like building up the booth they don't look like they're fully believing that it's gonna happen yeah so i i think it's gonna be a pretty bad double lockdown like everything's gonna go to shit next week the latest yeah yeah and so that's been my week just working, preparing, and threatening next week. No shop time, no video game, no nothing? No, um, because I finished Cyberpunk about a week ago. Oh. And um, I'm now... Oh, so you're detoxing? No, I'm not detoxing. I actually want to do more, but I did all the side quests. I basically did every quest there is in the game. <laughs> so um, I've, I've, I've done it all. Spent the last weekend doing that. No, that could tell you of a small games company called FromSoft. Oh, I'm not sure if I want to even know that. <laughs> Dark Souls, De- uh, Demon Souls, and, and absolutely not Bloodborne, my kind of game. Not I'm Sekiro. not not a not a Demon Souls player, and, and not a. You're wrong. <laughs> no, your, val- your, your opinion is valid, but you're still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me talk to you about a small company called Ubisoft. <laughs> you have time for Valhalla now. When, yeah, when exactly. I, now you're done with Cyberpunk. Right? Well, the thing that pisses me off with Ubisoft is that I buy the game and then I spend like the same amount of money just to unlock like the other shit in the game. <laughs> it's like here's no, the base game to, do to, to jump, pay five dollars. Nah, <laughs> you weak, Jan. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. No, you see, yeah. No, no, no video games, a little bit of shop time. I've just been cleaning up. Um, but I hope to find some time around Christmas to finally get back at it. Cool. How about you guys, Red? Uh, not much uh, on my side this week. Uh, I've um, discovered that my hardware store was delivering at home which is fantastic news. So basically I don't have to go out of the house anymore for any reason. Uh, so that that's great. Um, I needed to buy a few stuff to finish my uh, laser enclosure thingy that I'm working on. Um, so I've made some good progress, progress on that. Um, it will be probably done uh, during the weekend. You're making a wooden. You're making a wooden case for the laser. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm using nine millimeters, nine millimeters plywood because that's cheap. That's light. Uh, the box is gonna be big because it's gonna be bigger than the laser engraver itself. Because I had the stupid thought that if maybe one day I, I upgrade for a bigger white machine, wider uh, engraving surface or area, uh, I'm not go- gonna do 
this again uh, so i wanted a big box um, i'm also putting a um, fume extractor in it so and a few details for just for decoration so it's going to be a very weird looking wooden box so to speak you're uh, not going to use laser engraver to fancy up the enclosure for the laser engraver nah. or does that kind of defeats the purpose nah nah no it could i could do that. that 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 could actually be a good idea but i want to make it more um futuristic in oh, some kind yeah. of way but not too uh i just want to make it like fun to look at just not so, a... but, but when you're saying futuristic are we thinking more in the line of star trek and clean lines or more of the spandex of mad max uh now you mention it <laughs> Mad, Mad Max could be very interesting way to do that you uh, could just cut some holes in it and put some like arrows like look through here <laughs> just like to keep the fun up a little bit and completely defeat the purpose of the safety enclosure no I, I want to put a, a lever switch on the side for the ventilation for for the fume extractor which is totally unnecessary because the the, the thing has already a switch uh, on the power cord so don't need to do that but rewiring it and putting this lever switch on the side would just make it more fun for me to use uh also some some um uh steel corner for the box to protect the corners because it's going to be plywood so uh whatever so just just make it um making it in a way that i enjoy using it and just enjoy looking at it uh because it's going to sit in my shop uh for as long as it's as it's working um so yeah um so yeah I'm, I'm just trying to have fun with this build um not make it only functional but also kind of fun in in a certain way i will probably fail completely and but yeah as long as i'm f having fun doing it that, that I'm no it's that. fine the trick is just to tell everyone that that's supposed to look like that at the yeah, end. because yeah, beforehand. No, exactly. No, nobody, nobody else, nobody else will know. So you just tell them like that's exactly how it should look, and everybody's <laughs> yeah. gonna go like, ah, okay, yeah, I was going for that look. I wanted something different. <laughs> but I need to go that to to say that at the beginning of the video, if I ever say that or in the comment, because if you say that afterwards, people are like, nah, I just fail, and he's just trying to to say it like that. Anyway, it's gonna just gonna be fun. That's why you shoot the intro after the thing is done. Yeah, always, always. Uh, other than that, I also worked on my treasure, treasure trade uh, gift, uh, made some good progress on that, so I'm pretty happy. I, I should be done in time, so that, that's good. Stop bragging. <laughs> and, and, and not much. Uh, small repairs on the car, uh, again, because uh, the pommel of the stick uh, broke for some reason. So um, I had to fix that and order a new one. So small repairs on the car, uh, as usual. Uh, one day she, she will be fixed, all fixed and, and running well. So uh, yeah, that was my week. Uh, and Valhalla, obviously, also. <laughs> yeah. Can you even have a week now without Valhalla in it? Ah, it's hard. Uh, the side quests are, uh, the main quest is done. Most of the side quests are, are, are done. I have a few stuff to finish in Ireland, and then I will uh, head to France and, and kill everyone in Paris. 
Nice. I think. Oh, see. Oh, so also, mm-hmm. I rewatched uh, because I was not sleeping uh, <laughs> a few nights ago. I rewatched the three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched the three seasons of Yellowstones, which is a, a, a fantastic modern uh, Western uh, TV show on Paramount network i think paramount uh, paramount yeah um three seasons of 10 episodes for the uh, season two and three and nine for the first one uh, mm-hmm. brilliant show with kevin costner and a lot of fan- fantastic actors very well written um i highly recommend it so yeah that's my week nice what about you Raz? i watched doctor who there's a new season of doctor ah, who ah yeah yes and two, two episodes in yet Oh, it's it's the third episode is you, you start uh, not don't, to spoil anything, but you don't. start to see how how all of the breadcrumbs start to come together. Oh, which and is good because the first two are fucking confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's supposed to be that way. And you yes. don't get any wiser up until like the end of the third episode, I think. Okay. I hope it will make even more sense in the next episode but currently it's a lot of weird timey-wimey stuff going on yeah but this is good because it's like the old ones used to be like when everything was falling together instead of like the last season where everything was so freaking linear and also where you basically watch the first three minutes of an episode and already knew what's going to happen so i i kind of enjoy that with the new ones we we can you can talk more about like our thoughts when it comes closer to the end of the season or when the season ends because i have some thoughts but still, uh, Joe Whittaker is still absolutely nailing it as the Doctor. Yeah. It's so much fun going she, on. She is actually really good in it. And we can continue talking a little bit because you have nothing new to talk about with the Fools for Tools present. So, we can use that time. No, just kidding. <laughs> I have figured out what I want to make. Uh, me and Red talked a bit, little bit yesterday. And I have now a very clear idea what I want to make. I Great. just need to figure out if I'm able to do it that way I want to. You are. Don't doubt yourself like that. I mean, it, it's just a matter of how complicated can I get away with making it. Wasn't the first rule of the treasure trade not to talk about the treasure trade? <laughs> You're right. We should like with other people it. that also participate in the treasure trade? <laughs> yeah, okay, never mind. I didn't say anything. No, we didn't talk about it. We, we just talked about stuff. And then he had this brilliant idea of doing yes. something. <laughs> oh, you guys don't. You guys don't have to tell me. You guys tell Ellen. <laughs> yeah, I want my bacon privileges. I don't want to lose them. Uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I've been dancing again. But that's nothing new. Uh, but I also had a market this weekend, which went really, really well. And nice. like to, to the extent that I was really surprised about how well it went, because usually the first day is really, really good. Uh, and then the second day is usually half as good. But both days, for some reason, turned out to be really good. Just about nice. the same. And like I, I, I've, been, I've been doing a couple of things recently in trying to, dis- th- to really consider how I'm showing off my goods and how I put things together and... Like sort of what the whole package of Luan Smear, my company. Mm-hmm. So before this this time, I ordered in some really, really high-end uh, paper shopping bags mm-hmm. so that when people wanted or needed a shopping bag, they would get something of that. that like, it just screamed high quality. Mm-hmm. Not loudly, but more like whispered and you felt it immediately. So not screaming at all, I guess. 
and I and I got some compliments on that, which was really nice. Uh, because it's it's the feeling of yes, I did the right thing. Like here, I'm handing some someone just a bag, and they say, "Wow, that's a nice bag." Uh, did you uh, did you also throw in some of your stickers, like for rectal use only? <laughs> no, I've I've actually never. That's actually, a good thing. That's a good thing at the market. I just realized I've never actually brought the stickers to the market to sell. Yeah, keep it that that's, way. Keep it that way. That's why you're still out there. That's a fair point, but I still want to bring them. Uh, <laughs> so in two weeks, there's a market locally here in Rakstad, and it's just a one-day market. And so the stereotype is that people in this area is a bit more farmer and rough around the edges kind of see people. Uh-huh. Whereas, especially in Drabak, it's a really high-end market and lots of well-to-do people. Uh, the same comes, goes to do in Os, which is just a neighboring town. So it's like... Uh, people might have a certain level of expectation of what things should cost or what they're willing to pay for things. I actually had someone come in with with their husband, like, like they were up in the ages, and they were like holding up two roses and couldn't decide on which one. And the husband just said, ah, oh, fuck it, we'll take the both of them. Nice. And I'm like, That's a good thing. Uh, and I, I, I looked at her and said, you should keep him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, uh, but well, means that's also something I do a lot. I try to crack as many jokes as I can. And whenever they consider something or they are dubious about if they have should have this one or this one i always very very jokingly say they are always better in quantities and they're in multiples and in pairs and like all of those kind of jokes and it's always like it never really gets an extra sale it seldom really does but it's sort of just acknowledging the fact that of course i want you to buy more things that's why i'm here but i don't try to be greedy about it if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah 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 it does Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's 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 taken ages, it feels like, to sort of go to these markets and then I put everything up and then I walk around the booth and I look at it and it's like, no, that's look weird. I need to move these things around and I put things there. Uh, and come to think of it, I can yeah. upload some of the pictures from the previous market to show a little bit of how I've been mm. doing things. Yeah. Uh, because I've uh, Steve and a really good friend of mine uh, early on, he made me some... Uh, lean-tos and more portable small walls that I can use to get some more verticality in mm-hmm. my stand and show longer things in a sensible way and all that, which has helped a great deal because suddenly you can actually stand far back and see things that I have for sale instead of having to lean over the table to look at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and all of that I feel help, help a lot. The only thing I've been missing is getting... Uh-huh. Uh, like uh, a tablecloth that's really nice and my own table so like I have a plan like I can like schedule things out I can set things demo things in my own house and mm-hmm. think about it and when I have new products I can sort of pre-plan all the markets at home but but yeah uh, I mean we, we talked a little bit about this earlier Red but you weren't thinking about going in and doing a bit more markets yeah, that's something I've considered because when you when you create your own company here, you are and and especially when you are a craftsman, and I don't claim to be a professional one, but I created my brand and I tried to sell my laser work. Um, so that's something that uh, when I registered my company, they asked me if I wanted to do. Um, so I have my I have a card, I have a license, in fact, to go to the market and 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 sell my stuff directly there. In, is, and, is that something you need in France? Because yeah, we don't have anything like that in Norway. No, you you need one. It's it's called. Uh, um, I I wouldn't be able to try to translate that correctly in English, probably, but it's it's. Uh, 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 
a card license that enables you to sell from place to place and you, you meaning that you don't have a, a physical shop uh, that you are not, re not renting a place to sell your good at a specific right. address but you can sell wherever you want in france because you have that kind of license so you can do the market it doesn't even have to be organized markets it could just be on a street corner uh it, it's it's perfect I mean, if if the city allows Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. If the city or, or uh, allows it, you you could do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. as, as long as you have that license, you can do that. So that's something I consider. So that that's why I ask for the license. It's it's basically free. So you just have to give a picture and a few paperwork. If I do mm. a little bit of paperwork and you get it. Um, so I took it. Um, I the reason I didn't do um, market uh, so far uh, is because most of them are um, taking place. Or the one I could go and sell my stuff are taking place at uh, medieval fairs and they are outside and they are all over the country. Mm. So two reasons for that. When it comes to uh, autumn or uh, winter, it's getting really cold. So that that kind of festival, going to that kind of festival, is kind of a pain on the, on the bed, especially when it's in at the other end of the country. Uh, plus, I don't have the vehicle to uh, load. A bunch of stuff plus a table plus a clothes for the table plus like like a booth that yeah. I would buy or make for myself. Um, when you see people send, uh, selling stuff at medieval fair, there's a beautiful booth looking like a medieval booth, and and so it always um, feels nice when you go and 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 take a look at what they are selling because it, the atmosphere is already here, so you are more inclined to buy their stuff. Yeah, they, they look like they belong in yeah, that absolutely. medieval fair. Absolutely. So with my my blue small car, I don't feel <laughs> like going there and just having a tripod and a small table and selling my shit. So yeah, if I if I do that and I want to do that because I I believe that um, not only selling online but also yeah. doing the markets would make me more money uh, to be just like would. Yeah. really. Uh, practical, uh, but I need I need a booth. I need to make myself a booth to that look like a real booth fitting in a medieval fair, and also offering the product that would fit in that kind of place. So you can't really sell a, a modern style wallet in that kind of stuff. Uh, it's all about bracelets and and purses and pouches that looks like it was made in in the medieval times um so the, all the product that you have to 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 sh sell or try to sell at the, in these medieval fairs or renaissance fair have to fit in the theme of the, of the fair so um that's also something that i need to develop more and and focus more on make a lot of them then to, to be able to go to the market so that's something I, I've not done yet but I'm planning on doing and I must throw in two things with that first of all damn that was probably the best segue ever because you guys are already <laughs> directly into the topic of he's getting day. good is getting <laughs> exactly. really good at that which is markets <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who has not <laughs> followed so far and uh, the other one thing is, is yes my sales and marketing senses are tingling right now so I have a lot of thoughts on that I was really hoping that no one would recognize the awesome segue just so I can text Steve and just say have you listened to the episode did you notice my awesome segue but 
No, I can't yeah. because you called no, it out. No, I have to. I, I had to call <laughs> that one out because I was sending this like, are they going to mention it that it's actually the topic for the day? I guess not. <laughs> no, it was well done. I mean, it was, it well was so smooth. Yeah. So what yeah, are yeah. your thoughts, Jan, about the? Um, f- first of all, it's like like Rest said that um, that he thought about like with how to like to pimp his shop basically or you said it's like there's a certain way how to present it um i I completely agree with that presentation is everything like this is why companies go on exhibitions for example like the bigger ones to present their product and um it's it's a little bit of difficult because in my field we're kind of we're selling to other companies it's b2b business so it's not the the end user that has to be like wowed that much then more like the technical specification and the um uh, how do you call it the, 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 of course the quality of the product counts and the function but it's on a it's very calculated and how it works in a b2b business uh, yeah, I, which I is guess... money over price you have stuff to compare it to like one there's no artistic with it like with you guys with like the blacksmithing but it always comes down to knowing your customer and what the customer wants mm. and you guys are definitely on the market people that usually go there they do it um to get the experience so rasmus you saying investing in a nice packaging it's basically what on a on a end user scale on a bigger company Apple would do, yeah, yeah, with the nice clean boxes with a follow up design going through. Right, it's like you said, it's like you don't want to sell it out of the trunk out of your car because you're not selling that feeling for the customer. I mean, you can do that. There's there's people that don't care about stuff like that, but most people, that even the ones that say they don't care about it, still do on a certain level without them even realizing it. And I mean, but also to sort of to be completely fair, a lot of the things I'm doing now, I I learned first of all from watching how Alex Paul is doing his markets over in England, and helping out a little bit at the Maker Fair or to Maker Central with them, and then all of that being reinforced again with having Al of Al's Hack Shack working with uh, graphic design and product development and marketing and all of that, and sort of having having chatted with him a couple of times about the things and just hearing what the things you should consider are yeah. even just having the name it's sort of like beetlejuice where uh it's as soon as you know the uh, not no rumpelstiltskin that's the one as soon as you know the yeah. name you have the power over it yes yes i'm still i'm still gonna go into it and like tell you like a, a few tricks when it comes to that oh yeah by all means like first of all what i saw it's like um i saw an insta story of yours where you had the prices on leather tags i love that idea yeah but i saw it's... you wrote them on there with a pencil yeah, or a ballpoint try, pen. Try burning them in, oh, yeah, for yeah. example. I've, I've or had uh, maybe talk to Red to use his laser to laser engrave price tags out of leather I'll and punch add them. them to it. Punch them or with a punch mark, yeah. Oh, I have exactly. some, actually, I, that's, I feel stupid now. Uh, I've Don't. even bought some really, really beautiful old type numbered serif fonts. Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm. the numbers, though. But they are really, really nice. So, of course, I should have done that. Yeah, I, sh- I should do all of that. Uh, I, I just haven't. I've been stupid in that regard. So, that, yeah, absolutely. I, I, sh- I, I didn't think about stup- stamping them because then I can make them myself. I can even make them on the spot at exactly. the market when I need them. Uh, I, I've sort of got the hang up of, oh, I should take the time to plan everything out and know exactly the price tags I need to bring so that I can mm-hmm. order them. And then I forget to figure everything out and I don't have the time to order them. And then the market is there and I have, oh, I have leather scraps and I have a ballpoint pen. I can make things work-ish. 
also you said there were two markets or basically there's there's two markets you usually go to like the one that is more like the, the high quality ones the upper ones and the other one more the like rough down to earth i mean there i bet there's also like the medieval markets and stuff like that yeah i've done i've done a couple of those as well yeah so if you want to prepare for something like that and you want to like draw people in not just because of you wears what you do is and you're gonna love that as a um how do you call it um Ma- house of Gaul. maniac no 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 <laughs> um it's basically um the what, what teachers give you to do at home homework yeah you're gonna love that homework thank you yeah I, like i said i'm not fully over my cold i might have taken some cold medicine you mean <laughs> no but uh the, the the what it comes down to is you're gonna watch or know watch different good made serious movies um or even like you can use comics or drawings from like medieval times and you look at market booth there mm. like the fantasy type kind and you see how they decorate it and how they arrange their products on it. And you basically just copy that style. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, not use, like, a normal just, like, stand to put it there, but, like, have two poles and, like, a, um, a pole going across where you just, like, put, like, ivy or something around it or whatever grows in your, like, vegetation and just place that stuff between it. So people actually have to look and maybe, like... Some of the products have to be visible to see the cloud, but then they're going to see like one of the leaves hidden between other leaves or stuff like that. So this is something make them feel like they're watching or walking through an actual like fantasy yeah. place market on that booth. Yeah, that is something. I mean, cur- currently I'm taking up nearly six meters of table space mm-hmm. and I need for next year, I probably want or need to bring like uh two or three portable walls yes as well just to have like multiple like have one of each of the hooks screwed on have hinges on there have different kinds of brackets and everything sort of hanging and shown properly yeah and you had that pot holder you showed today in that um like the where you put the the cooking pot on trivet you had showed that excuse me trivet trivet yeah you had the trivet there if you have more stuff like that or like it's like alex paul ironwork is like doing that the whole cookery where mm. you can basically like set up like a wooden dining table with your stuff yeah. on it so it looks like so make it basically look like a prop more than like a store and you will see that people like because then even the ones without any imagination will be able to imagine how it looks when actually something is set at the table yeah and, and so, so, uh, I have two thoughts on that one is that w- my goal is to have nobody come up and ask me what is this it should be yes. so clearly what it's for that no one has to ask of course you always yeah. have some idiot who don't have functioning eyes or don't have a connection between their eyes and their head so they, they just pick it up and look at it and go what the hell is this thing and they don't see the tag next to it or something like that uh but, of, but like the ideal is no one has to ask uh yes. so and i'm not being good at that when it comes to the trivet uh and when it comes to the um the barbecue sticks uh because like i i, I it struggled i have not yet figured out a good way of showing them in use so to speak and or I haven't had a big enough sign to put up and say, this is the thing it is. So you can't ignore it. Uh, but the other thing is, like, Alex Paul has been really, really well at uh, finding his niche all inside of forged cookware and outside mm-hmm. cooking. I have been uh, grasping so incredibly wide that I have a bit of everything. 
up to the point that I, on purpose, don't f- don't bother about forging knives to bring to market anymore because it will just dilute everything. They will sell. They will sell really, really well. But I, there are so many other items that are easy to sell and that are quicker to make that I've prioritized making. For example, the new batch of leaf hooks and brassing them mm-hmm. up and having the leaf balls and sort of finding that organic side of forging and going that route yeah. instead of going into the sharp stabby things because those sharp stabby things they i just need to put the picture up and they will sell so i mean i haven't focused on that and i should have and i want mm-hmm. to be able to have that as well but it's like being one man in one company i need to be a bit selective about what i'm making but exactly the benefit of having the business mindset I'm going really long term with all of this is that, oh, I can take this week and I can make 50 of this item and it will last mm-hmm. me a year. Then I can spend like for the next market, I can focus on making 50 of this thing and it will last me another year. And that way okay. I can come to next year and I was like, oh, I don't need to make any of those because it's sold worse than I thought last year. So now I can add on something new. Yeah. Yeah, like like I said, it's like of course, and it wouldn't work. Like if those um, pot wormhole thingies are the only one cooking on, on cooking equipment you're selling, it's not worth like building up a table and putting it on there when it's the only thing. Yeah, if you have like more stuff that would actually fit in a kitchen or like on a step, even if there's um, I don't know how many people are at the market or the other ones. If you know other like for some somebody sells wooden bowls. It's like yeah. a, a bowl turner. Mm. You could basically talk to them and say, hey, let's make up a display case, like put a chair and a nice old table down and we just gonna like put all the stuff on there and like you sell your stuff from there and I sell mine, but it's gonna look like a complete dining yeah. table set up for people to eat. So you can basically use just as a synergy with other people. I've seen actually people do that before on markets here and it looks amazing. Yeah. If yeah. you see stuff like if you see a potter and a wood turner and like a blacksmith, for example, come together and set up something that that would look amazing. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I, I need to try to do that. There's a couple of bolt turners that show up to these kind of markets or mm-hmm. stick laders, I think they prefer to be called. And uh, some of them will might have something that looks from like they could be eaten from. But like in Norway, there's so many. Well, inside a wood turning community, at least there seem to be so many people to only do the hobby thing and just making finding pretty bits of wood and making them hollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met a few kind of other people who just go for the really, really hard to get in really exotic Norwegian woods, like not foreign exotic, yeah. just really hard to get Norwegian woods. And they will make really, really pretty fancy things out of those, which is its own kind of niche markets. But it's like, uh, what I probably should do is bring some of the, the, um, the, the dinner plates I bought of Dan from Bevel UK. Uh, and just have that and sort of set the table with some forged cutlery. Oh, I, I need to get a hold of Heidi as well and get some of her mugs just to complete the set. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I need to yeah. do that. But yeah, markets are a different kind of beast, I feel like. There's just mm-hmm. so many new things to think about. Absolutely. But read what you said earlier about um, your market. So basically, it's not a real... like and not not real market but it's basically you can you can rent a certain place where you can start selling stuff like without other people being there yeah no it's um most of them are you have two kind of of three kinds of markets uh here Mm -hmm. you have the every week market that 
you go to do the groceries so you buy any kind of food and yeah farmers market oh, farmers yeah, and, market. and like farmers market it also sets but also probably sells like the cooking pans and clothes and all the other stuff oh yeah yeah like yeah, everything also yeah exactly mm-hmm. so you can, you can buy everything and it's every week same time same place and that's really hard to go to that kind of uh, places just to sell stuff that you make would it be wooden stuff leather stuff or blacksmith stuff doesn't really matter mm-hmm. because people don't go for that, that kind of stuff to that sort of market yeah so probably not the market where you want to sell your handmade stuff there's probably yeah. more the resell yeah um stuff in there yeah okay after that you you have you have the medieval fair renaissance fair uh and most of them have a specific place for a booth so people can sell their stuff so it's always most of the time it's not always but most of the time it's a renaissance fair medieval fair and a market so people go there mm-hmm. and sell uh, leather armor or or uh, forged knives or uh, food uh, from the uh, movies and and video games or real medieval food re- with medieval recipes uh, based on book and and all that kind of stuff or jewelry and so so everything that fits in the theme mm, sounds like your yeah. market mm-hmm. uh, and then you have the craftsman mar- market so every everyone that makes stuff uh out of wood leather or whatever go there it's usually once a month uh, but probably Mm -hmm. only during spring and summer Uh, so you can rent a place over there and and you can sell present your work and 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 sell sell your stuff the the problem Mm -hmm. is that when people go there they are here at least they don't go there to buy stuff they go there no, they go to watch for entertainment. To watch and for entertainment. So it's uh-huh. the Sunday walk outside of the house, and they go what and go and see what people make, and with, not especially with the intent of buying anything. So they usually and myself when I used to go to that those places, I had never money on me, so I had to tell uh-huh. the guy I want your stuff i want to buy this specifically but i don't have any money right now so i'm going to the bank withdraw some money and i will come back can you just keep it for me please so uh-huh. it's it's um it's difficult here plus you have to keep in mind that people who go to those places are going there for a walk and 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 not to buy but there's another kind of people uh, who go there just to steal stuff so it's very hard for people that have their old small companies making their shit uh, and try to sell them on the market uh, not being robbed literally or, or stolen from by people because it's it's really hard to watch everyone you can't uh-huh. sell stuff on a booth and don't let people touch your the stuff that you are selling because that's the whole point to go to the market so they can see touch feel the thing see that it's unmade and so they can fall in love with the product and they can buy it but yeah. here it's actually really hard to trust people in in, in those markets not to steal your stuff um so yeah that that's also a concern a concern and another thing and it comes just in mind now uh people here in france because of the all the insecurity and all that kind of 
stuff that I just talked about, don't carry much money on them. Uh, when I was in Japan, I was only paying with, with cash because I felt self, safe and it was just the way it was over there. Here, I don't have any money on me. I just have my credit cards, so I pay everything with credit card. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> I have I have something that I can I can uh, sell with. The people can pay me with their credit card. It's the mm. it's called iZettle, but there is yeah. a, a different yeah. kind of system. It's quite common now. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, and they're Swedish. We don't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> but people don't trust them. So if you go to a market as a customer and you see something that you want to buy and you don't have the cash for it, people will tell you, oh, but we we take uh, Visa or MasterCard or you can pay uh, using PayPal and your cell phone or whatever. But people don't trust it enough because you are on market. So you're not supposed to pay with that modern way of paying for stuff. Really? Yeah, which is stupid. I mean, I... So uh, we have, uh, we have this mobile pay thing where you basically can text each other money, money in Norway. Mm-hmm. Very simplified. Paypal. Uh, no, well, similar, but it's go by phone number instead. Yeah, uh, PayPal also works by phone number or email. Okay, cool. But in Norway, we have a, our own thing because we're special. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're special. Very yeah. much so. Uh, but because the Swedish are using PayPal. <laughs> yes. No, I, I don't know. Uh, no, so this is something that's been coming up over the last, yeah, basically last six years, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of new when I just started coming going markets. But now... I have people coming up to me in their 70s or 80s and they will use that app to pay me. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen in um, other parts in Europe, especially not France. Yeah. I, the same as in Germany, like where the younger people pay with that stuff, the, the older is like, no, never. Wow. Because like internet and digital is just um, something that's going to go away in a couple of years and it's going to go back to books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Read the... the Advice what I can give you when it comes to that or to the selling part of it, if you choose like the medieval market, uh-huh. I can tell you how to protect your stuff from like somebody trying to steal it. But there are um, sites on the internet which will actually explain how to protect your stuff from being stolen. Okay. And I, I like how to present them. it and how to like lock it, uh-huh. some of it. But the thing I would recommend to you is people don't have to, or if people don't carry a lot of money with them, give them other ways to be able to spend their money without buying your products. I know you love doing leather armors. If you have a couple of them, yeah. have them in their back, like displayed for once, it shows to people what you can do. Uh-huh. So if they buy from yeah, you, yeah. they're not buying just the product, but actually because of they're buying from you and they see what you can do yeah. in the back. So it's like a promotion. The other one is if you are like two people on the booth, offer pictures with it. Get a Polaroid camera and say it's like take something with home and have your children like have some children leather armor in the back where the children can put on. Mm. That charge a couple of bucks for them for a picture. Great idea. Like five of them and just like make the picture. So even if you don't sell anything and people don't want to spend like the twenty or thirty bucks, yeah. like having a nice made armor and have their children in it with like holding a sword or something uh-huh. and a picture of that. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I can use it as an example because um, friends of mine, and I'm going to shut up after that, <laughs> they um, they are at the medieval market here in um, Esslingen. And what they do is uh, he does scrimshaw. Like he uses a needle to get to use um, the ebony 
I think it's Ebony, like the, the from, from the tusks of Mammoth. Ivory. Uh-huh. Like they dug out the old uh, ivory, thank you. And um, they puncture it with a needle and fill it with ink and make pictures in it. And oh, it yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. But each of those pieces is multiple hundred euros yeah, if yeah. he sells yeah. that. He also is very good in playing with the, um, how do you call it, marionette? Yeah, um, puppet, um, puppeteer. Sweets. Yeah, he's a puppeteer. Exactly. That's kind of puppets. Everyone knows what I'm doing. Yeah, so he's also really good with that, but it's also really expensive to buy one of those. So yeah. what they what they actually did is at the booth is they made their kits uh, like like little do your own um, puppets for puppeteering, and it's really simple with like some fish string and uh, like the wooden cross are pre made, and then it's just a ball with like the ghost like the the napkin over it. For the, so it's for children to make. But this, as he said, is like, this is basically the first market was saved by that. Like he said, he didn't sell a single piece, but all the puppets were basically gone on the first day. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. I was just thinking that depending on the markets you actually want to go to, or um, all the way around, before you start going to markets and decide on what Scout kind of market em. you want to go to, Scout em. figure out what kind, why you want to do the markets. Are you actually showing up to the markets to sell as many things as possible and make as much money from the market itself? Are you there to market yourself? Are you just there to meet people and connect? Uh, what are your customer base? Like, do you have, do you need to bring a certain amount of things for the specific market? Or you, and do you need to change out your stock for every single market? Because these guys only do these things. These guys only do these things. That kind of, if that makes sense, like if you go to the medieval thing, medieval thing, then yeah, maybe only pouches and uh, bracelets and all that. If you do like uh, some Christmas markets, maybe you can actually bring mouse pads and nerdy things. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's a lot of things to consider there. But I, I, there's like two things I sort of want to say, and that it's like make a plan and then just get out there and start practicing being at market because there, it's a skill to talk to people at markets, uh, I'm not saying I'm good at it. I just know it's something you can learn and that you will be better at. Yeah, sure. It's also just the thing of, well, how is the routine of being at markets? Are you comfortable actually walking and standing and chatting to people and being smiling for an entire day? Or do you know with yourself that, yeah, you can do that for one day, but if there's two days of markets, you will be dead by lunch the second day. Like maybe you need to actually figure those things out. Absolutely. Yes, you yeah. can be everything, but you can't be plain. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I know, I know a guy at the market, like at the Christmas market, who basically curses at everyone walking by. It's like you're gonna buy something, you're just gonna stand there. <laughs> but, but people love him because of that, and they're gonna buy from him. That's a really good. Like saying, they kind actually. of like the, the masochistic part. Yeah, yeah. And you got the other ones that are like completely in them. Oh yes, uh, can I show you something? And then the guy that's just standing there and he doesn't sell anything. <laughs> yeah, I think the so, worst thing that I've seen on the market was a guy just playing with his phone. So. Uh, you, you you can the most important part I think of market, uh, except uh, aside from knowing who you are selling to and bringing the right products for them, is to connect with the guy or the guys mm-hmm. coming to the market. Even if it's like yeah, talking a little bit uh, uh, too bluntly to them, uh, are you gonna buy something? It can be a style. It can be a way to engage with them. And and if they are not taking it wrong and understand it can be humor it can it can 
lead to a sale or being super kind with people and very welcoming and friendly you can also be your style but I've, i remember going to a medieval fair and seeing the guy in his booth uh just sitting there with with his cell, cell phone uh mm-hmm. in his hand and just playing candy crush or whatever um he clearly doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to sell anything. So, mm-hmm. And he conveys that feeling yeah, to yeah. The, the people being there. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it's always when you have a booth, it's kind of like you just have to, it's not just knowing your audience. Like it's always good to like scout a market if it's a monthly market or yeah. a yearly market. If it's something you want to do, make a plan for it. And then also it's experimenting. Yeah, from it's in every business the same. Every company we had trade shows. There are some trade shows that are for networking, others for projects, other ones to just like plainly sell products, or uh, just you have to be there because it is expected from you to, to kind of just show presence. So there's there's always different markets for that, and you just have to know on which one you are, so you don't go in with wrong expectations and get basically hurt afterwards. Quick question to Rasmus. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've been doing markets for how long now? Six years. Pro- proper seriously, four years. Okay. And you have been also selling online for the same amount of time, right? Nearly, yeah. N- nearly. So what would be your comparison to the... the because it's two different... Complete, it's completely... It's two... Damn it. It's completely two different things, saying, selling uh, in a market and selling online. The public is yeah. not the same. So the approach is not the same. You are not showing up your project, your products uh, in the same way. What is for you the ratio between the time you invested in uh, doing one and the money that it, it, it brought you back what's the most uh, the best one no the, the cost of return so to speak yeah mm-hmm. uh, currently I wake a lot make a lot more money uh, selling on markets than I do through my web page but I get a lot of orders by mail mm-hmm. and custom orders and I get a lot of orders from Instagram and Facebook just by posting pictures of things yeah that I've just made yeah which I th- now considering that the last two markets have gone better than anything else before I am leaning towards saying that selling things at physically at markets is going to make me more money yeah uh but like so the cost of markets so far has been like 40 50 bucks to show up to a market and then either 10 or 15 per- percent of sales to the market okay. organizers that's the cost okay here it's booth cost in germany usually yeah you don't pay a percentage to the organizer you just pay it's like that booth is going to cost you that much money for two days yeah same here and then you have to do your calculation and most people just put it on the price of their products oh yeah yeah uh, and and uh, in my case that is baked into my margins Mm-hmm. Uh, the same goes for the screws that uh, I have for all of the hooks, which are nice black forged looking s- screws. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the pa- packaging and bags that goes into it, it's part of that. The, the transaction fee that goes through the iSettle and all of these other th- com- uh, companies, like ev- all of that is ca- more or less mm-hmm. calculated into my margins. Uh, yeah. And it's the same price on the web page mm-hmm. as it is on uh as, as a self things for at the markets but i also always tell people especially if they are hesitant i will tell them well there's a discount if you want to buy more mm-hmm. 
people just like to hear that and it doesn't have to be a big discount but it's more like I'll round down to the nearest tenner or a, a hundred Nokis, hundred Norwegian kroners or something like that uh, which yeah. some, sometimes that means that they get like 15-20% discount yeah. sometimes it's a 5% discount it just makes the numbers easier and because yeah. I'm doing all the numbers in my head it also makes me look really smart because I'm saying mm. I give you a bit of a discount and here's the final number <laughs> um, I'm asking just just because I, I'm I'm doing most of my sales the the same way that you do them. Um, I'm not going to markets, but the the most of my sales are directly. Um, I don't directly by someone asking me to do something because he has seen a video, has seen a post on Instagram, and and the things that I I sell on my website are mainly um patterns uh, leather patterns so i'm not selling much of my products online but i get uh i get custom orders so i i've seen that thing in a video i can you make in make one for me mm -hmm. uh with a different color or with a different size or all that kind of stuff so um, i was just curious if if markets were bringing you a, a bigger source of income yeah uh, and that it was worth focusing on that because it, i already i also know that uh id um from whitehall pottery is doing a lot of them uh, at the moment so she's producing a lot to go to the markets and 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 hopefully i hope she does sell a lot and this is something important red it's not neither or it's um basically you have a different audience buying online than you have on markets so it's not yeah. that you're taking away from the online sales it's basically you're creating you're adding, you're adding. you it's purely adding yeah you're to adding it. up yeah. yeah so i basically have three different sales channels uh like markets is for i guess then social media there's the physical markets I have my website and there's Etsy. Yeah. On Etsy, I don't do anything except put things there so that it exists and people who are on uh -huh. Etsy that searches for it can find it. That's about the effort I put in. Like no extra thing or anything yeah. like that. When it comes to my web page, like that's where I want people to go. So when I started doing the markets, I showed up and wanted to send them to my web page because then I can get them in for custom orders. I can get them in for the classes. I can get all of. I can get them to sign up for the newsletter. I can. I keep selling things to them. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also some people who are not online at all. I meet some of those at the markets, and mm -hmm. generally speaking, I don't want to deal with them because there are for me they are such a hassle to communicate with because yeah. their way of communicating is so different from mine. Yeah. Yeah that it's, it feels disruptive to me. Rasmus, okay. in the end, to cut it down, like if you want to sell your mm. blacksmithing courses also on the show, that's something you should do. Make a photo book. Like make pictures of your classes and their products, like f picture photographs that people did in your classes and just have a, like a nice leather bound book that you keep underneath the desk and like one picture frame on top with like the blacksmithing course and a picture. And if people ask you, just pull out and you show them your picture book if they want or not. <laughs> uh, I, yes, but no, I don't want to sell the markets that or sell the classes that way. Okay. Uh, what I have been thinking of doing is buying a tablet. Mm -hmm and basically running some of my YouTube videos on that silently. Yeah. And having pamphlets for the classes next to it. Mm -hmm. When I went to the uh, Anna Vermeer Fair, the first time I went there a few years ago, three years, four years ago, 
we had this boost for the, the YouTubers and videos from all of yeah. us were running in the background and, and a lot of people came and watched the video. So I, I believe, and I've seen that on the market, a guy doing that also, it was not blacksmithing or leatherworking. Uh, I think he was a wood turner uh, uh, putting videos of his work. And so people were stopping to watch the video and then buy the stuff they have seen yeah. him made directly that, that because works. there was no doubt that he was making them. It was not made in, in a poor country, imported and then rebranded. It was directly him showing his technique, his skills mm. and, and product that he was making. And it was a, it, it added a real appeal to the booth. That would so probably I, work, but I would still be against it because I think it's in an age where everybody is like used to like TVs running next to them and like being distracted by it. I think it takes too much focus of the um, products. I, yeah, I would specifically use it to draw people in and keep them distracted while I'll deal with other customers. Okay. And to show sort of what I'm capable of and have that as sort of, yeah, like I, here's what I'm making. Here's information about classes. Just have that interchangeable and have people being able to come up and look at that yeah. and hopefully have that as a conversation starter. So I wouldn't put it next to me when I'm dealing with customers, I would put it at the end of the opposite end of the table of where I'm standing. Okay. No, it's just people that would usually look at your products will be drawn to the TV and watch it like, or the tablet and watch that instead of oh, like yeah, yeah. taking a look at the stuff you're selling. That's what I kind of mean with it. That's yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, but I think it will work if I keep it separate enough, sort of here's what you can look at and here's what I'm selling, but keep it connected. So to Probably speak, depending on distanced. the age of the, of the audience too. But I would imagine, yeah. like, if I look to a booth and I want to look at products and I see a TV, like, flashing on the side or a tablet, I will be drawn to that. Then maybe I actually need to stick to just having pictures instead of full That's YouTube why videos. I said it's like, just use some yeah. nice made pictures. And Yeah, except I just like the thing of having a tablet there, mm -hmm. sort of bridging the gap between being medieval and modern. Might, might destroy uh, the illusion for some people, but yeah. I can forge the picture frame. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. so like if that if yeah. that destroys the illusion, wait till I get my credit card reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's come on. I also have a lot of things getting laser cut and then forge them to shape. So I think I'm. Yeah, no, you, you, you'll be fine, and you can already. try it. Just if you if you blend that with that, um, just watch the people and see how they react. And if you if yeah. you realize that it draws too much attention away from your products, and just don't do it with the, in the next one. And there's there's often enough like in the middle of the market, I will walk around the booth and I'll stand next to customers and look at how they're looking at things, and then start moving things around and sort of observing people. And uh, I honestly, though, just just sort of around things. One big tip that I realized is that if you have lots of something that you know is selling well and you want to sell a lot of it put it out multiple places mm -hmm. so that whenever people so that whenever people are standing at your booth it's an easy thing to find and look yep. at not still try to have like a coherent through thread to everything so i lay out everything so i have the leaves at one end leaf balls at one end and the leaf hooks then the heart hooks then i have bottle opens then miscellaneous things yeah so they sort of i group things together and then i have like extra things here and there in addition to that, but not so that it interrupts the flow of it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
Focus? What you mean focused? <laughs> yeah, depending on what what have you guys been focused on? Oh, you you don't you don't know? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna like yeah okay I'm I'm gonna start I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do you it. You can't segue my segue. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, talking about cyberpunk, and since I finished the game, I fo- um, found a Russian channel, YouTube channel, and there's a couple of things I like about it. Uh, first of all, it's called Burning Ranches. Mm-hmm. And the guy does a lot with like car manufacturing or at least you just like build stuff like he rebuilt like the Cybertruck and other things. But the thing I want to talk about is he did the Quattro car from Cyberpunk mm-hmm. and as he wanted to drive it as a real car. So he made the whole chassis out of fiberglass. He made a mold by himself. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Russ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks for just like getting me completely not focused. I didn't want to interrupt you, but it was such a good joke. I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The um, I, I I I basically just texted them and said, "In Soviet Russia, YouTube watches you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was appropriate. It's racist as well. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, and and that's well, two things. Like first of all, he puts a tremendous. Um, amount of work in it I am absolutely surprised because you see actually see that guy wearing his uh, personal safety protection like glasses respirator all the time looking that the shop is actually vending I, 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 that's where I like started like was wondering the other thing was just like I was like <laughs> wow that guy's English is very fluent and I don't hear an accent hmm. that is weird and then I realized it's like oh wait that's a computer generated voice he actually went through the trouble of, and uh, somebody wrote in the comments that he has a Russian page, which is also like further ahead. He actually does the work. He writes subtitles for all of his um, videos. Oh, That's why they, nice. and then he runs an AI over it to actually read it out. And it's not like the wow. robotic voice you hear, but it's actually like really fluent spoken. And you only recognize mm-hmm. it because well, if, if you know it, then you can hear it. There's some grammatical errors or some typos he put in there, which is like picked up by the, the voice. And um, mm-hmm. also there's some of the explanation. You can hear it. That there's like a wrong translation into it. So, so you can hear it. That's, that's an AI voice. But um, it actually makes the videos fun to watch because he puts a lot of knowledge into it and tells like what he's doing exactly. And right now he's working on like special door hinges for the car on the side. He found a donor car or like a car he's going to convert in uh, Mazda. And he just puts the whole cover over it and now takes apart the car underneath it to get like everything working in there but even the interior so he's it's like a love project and you can tell so yeah my my car is gonna be burning wrenches um he's around like 57 58 subscribers so not that small oh okay and yeah, yeah. um he also made like the bucky from PUBG and makes the rum bucky from gta 5 so he's working on a couple of projects i don't know if just the translation takes longer but um yeah so there's there's a couple of things i mainly watched the one with the cyberpunk car because i kind of like that's close to heart for me i i sort of want to follow up that with uh a side spiff before red goes Mm -hmm. only problem is i can't find a youtube channel right now but there's a youtube channel that only thing they do is this um a neural ai renders Sorry. Well, that's a random hand. <laughs> With a phantom. Of soda. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, 
so, uh, there's a YouTube channel. I'll, I'll link to it proper, but it's a YouTube channel that has the only focus of taking speeches of or songs of one person and using AI synthesizers to render them spoken in the mannerism and tonalities of someone else. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sounds brilliant. No, no, it's brilliant. It's it, it's a deep fake voice synthesizing thing. Oh, okay. maybe that's the word I should t- Oh, look is for. it like the I'll, Disney one with the Frozen where they translate it into like six different languages and then back into English? Uh, no, this is better. Okay. I'll I'll see if I can dig it up. If worst case, I'll will find it and stick it in the uh, I'll stick it into show notes. But it's the kind of thing where you so, we <laughs> suddenly have no, we suddenly have a Donald Trump who is reading Obama's speech. Oh, and the other way around, and you have probably Nixon then reading uh, some quotes or some speech from. Uh, I think he did. He, someone made Nixon read the speech from uh, the Alien movie, Fourth of July, something something. No, uh, Independence Day. That's the one. It sounds horrific and so much fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah, this exactly. Is, it's really mind blowing because it sounds. Uh, when I found this a couple of years ago, it sounded nearly perfect. Today, it's probably indistinguishable from perfect. Okay, of course, and it's really scary to notice that. Oh, problem! Probably someone could use that now to do illegal things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they are but probably yeah, that's already. Not my, that's it. not my focus. That's just a side note. Red, please go. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Yellowstone Yellowstone season 4 has started so there are 3 episodes uh, in so go watch Yellowstone but that's not my focus of the week my focus is the, of the week is actually Nerdforge um, oh, yeah. if you don't know the channel it's a big channel they have uh, 1.2 million uh, subscribers on and YouTube and they're Norwegian they're Norwegian as well I'm yeah. proud of them and they are brilliant. So um, there is Martina, uh, young girl, and uh, boyfriend. Uh, I can't recall her name, uh, his name at the moment. I'm Hansi. so sorry, Hansi. Thank you. Uh, and this week they are building a PC which doesn't look that doesn't look like a PC. It's Ooh. it's uh, it's basically. I have not seen uh, this yet. Yeah, it's, it's great. I it's, am it's brilliant. To them. She did a she did a picture frame with. Um, no, it was a book binding with Gator, Blackbeards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she she loves uh, she loves books, so she has made a few videos with uh, of book binding and and making like old books or or magic books and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and this week they are if you are like me, uh, if you like PCs that don't look like PCs, like hidden uh, in the desk or look, looking like something else. Oh, that is that is fucking beautiful. Yeah, see? Um, so that's brilliant. That's a cool video. The um, video that they um, do are always fun to watch because full of energy and humor and it's it's very well made. Um, so great channel. Um, so yeah, go subscribe to Nerdforge on YouTube and watch the latest video um, yes. about the PC build. They are absolutely fantastic. I second yeah. that. Uh, my focus is Nightwish. They start. They had the first concert of the European tour in Oslo last Sunday, oh. and I was there. Oh, and it Fuck was you. absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Fuck you, Rasmus. <laughs> I saved this for an hour and a half, nearly. <laughs> oh, 
I have not been on a Nightwish concert when it was, I think, the first singer they had. Is she yeah, back? Yeah, is yeah. it the third singer? I, I'm, I'm not no, sure. No, no, this is still still Floor, Floor Janssen. That's the second one, right? Third. Third. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, should be. It's, it's. I might be mixing up my Nightwish meta. Okay, let's put it that, the other way. My last uh, Nightwish concert was 20 years ago. You're old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it was one thing is that it was absolutely fantastic to be at a concert again yeah, and be there it. and listen to it. Um, there was this weird post-apocalyptic trans metal band from Finland. I don't recall the name of. I'll put them into thingies. Uh, and then there was Sonata Artica who did oh, nice. uh, the second warm-up. Okay. Yeah, which I, I've been listening to them since since I discovered metal, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's so many of their songs I love. And I showed up there and completely forgotten that they were going to be the second warm-up band. And I had a second Christmas just for myself right there. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, and then Nightwish comes on and you you feel and notice that, like, this is the first concert they have done in ages. Uh, basically, like, Floor is grinning around the microphone for the entire hour and a half or however long they played. And they did all of the good old classics. They did a couple of things from the new album or the entirety of the new album. Oh, nice. I think the only things I was missing, which makes a little bit of sense, is they didn't do Phantom of the Opera. What? And they didn't do Over the Hills and Far Away. But both of those songs are covers, so I forgive them. But I was sitting, I was at the edge of my seat, or edge of my shoes, I guess I was standing, uh, for the entirety of the concert and waiting and hoping they will do those because they are so epic. Uh, but they didn't. They did like all the good ones: Nightwish, Nemo, Seven Days to the Wolves, and a couple of them new ones that I don't recall the name of because I'm a horrible fan. <laughs> but it was fantastic. <laughs> nice. And, and you went to was... a concert, you bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this, this was also at the end of like the two days of markets. So that entire day, I stood for nearly twelve hours, Ooh. fifteen hours straight, or something. Yeah, mm. it was a long day, and my back was actually coming close to killing me at the end. But it was so worth it. <laughs> I believe yeah. so. Well done. Nice. Yes. So that was it, huh? We'd, I think so. Any yeah. other last bits of things? Not really. Good. So not today. So you can find us collectively under all of the two thirds focused. If you spell it out, all of, in all of the mostly social places, including email if you want to reach us and patreon if you're so inclined and you can find me rasmus lewin on instagram and lewinsme.no and you can find me at theredsmith.com and uh, redsmith or theredsmith on all the usual media stuff and you can find me on nerdinventor.com or nerdinventor on youtube and insta and of course all the other places brilliant excellent bye bye yep bye bye <laughs>